Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B-Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B-Books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. So today, I'm really, really giddy because I'm sitting here in front of a woman that I honestly admire so much that I'm actually really nervous to be able to speak to you today, Melissa, because just hearing your story and reading your book, it completely transformed my life. And I read your book actually in one sitting. We're going to talk about that in a moment, but I first heard you on an interview with Jared Jackson Dean. And as soon as I heard that, I said to myself, I have to interview Melissa. And this is actually one of the first uh, people that I've stalked when, that he has actually interviewed. And I thought this is too funny because him and I are always running in circles with each other. And I was on his podcast and I'm gonna be interviewing him as well too. So thank you so much for being on this interview. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I am so grateful and happy. And so Melissa Hibbert, she was born in Jamaica, fighting against all odds, faced with so much adversity. And then she goes into America and gets into the corporate life for 14 years in brand marketing for brands such as Nike, Ford Motor Company, Coca-Cola, LA Times, just to name a few, mm -hmm. to finally, and I say finally, going into cosmetology school, of course, because I'm a cosmetology school owner, right? And to pursue her dream into becoming a makeup artist. And then she becomes, of course, a celebrity makeup artist. And she's featured on OWN, Bravo TV, Oxygen Network, Lifetime, CBS, just to name a few. And then also featured in Brides Magazine, Essence Magazine, and many, many digital platforms. Of course, she's the author of Face Your Beauty, which you have to get this book. We're going to talk about this book in a moment. But she's also the creator and executive producer of Behind the Glam docuseries and founder of Beauty and the Business Empowerment Conference. Her aim and focus is clear to leave a legacy of service, empowering through beauty and inspiring the world to live worthy. Hold on to your seats and you definitely want to pull over for this and take a lot of notes because when I read your book, Melissa, from the very, very beginning, it just grabbed me and you're such an incredible storyteller, just incredible. And just how you told your own story with so much grace, so much dignity and so much hope. And you don't even know this, but I own several companies and I do a lot of life coaching with my team members. And I'm going to be using this book with quite a few of my team members and my students, because when I got into this business 21 plus years ago, I said, this is going to be a ministry for me. And this book is going to help me to do that. And just incredible. Your story is very similar to so many people's stories that I've heard. And most people won't have the strength that you have to be able to tell that story. So I applaud you for that. I applaud you for your honesty and your courage. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Aww. Yeah, you know, my book is, um, you know, for me, the, it was the moment. It was my coming out moment, if you will, in terms of, you know, being a beauty professional. Before that, I'm human. I'm a woman. Um, 
uh, a 40 plus woman who had lived uh, a life. And while I work in beauty, you know, I will dare to say that my life was all but glamorous, you know, I mean, you know, not every aspect of it is and was. And so I wanted to share that because it's not the book everyone intended for me to read, to write, you know, because it's, um, it takes you on the inside, which is where beauty truly lies. And so that's really what I wanted the narrative, um, you know, to come from and sort of to in inspire and to empower you to really think about the true power inside of you that makes you beautiful, you know, to be able to tackle all of the things that really comes against you, that life throws at us uh, unexpectedly and just through our journey and to come out on the other side whole and, and, and coming back to who we truly are, which is our beautiful, powerful, courageous, worthy selves that can show up in the world and own everything that, and, 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 and to accept everything that belongs to us gracefully. Mm, I love that. I really think that this podcast is going to be called Be an Overcomer because oh. you definitely are. And I love that you said it as you're coming out, which I think is incredible because my book, Be Amazing, was my coming out as well to my first book because I told the story of my adversity and when I wrote a suicide note to my family when I was 16 years old and I didn't tell my family. They read the book and that's how they heard it. And so to be able to kind of like see their response that they had afterward was interesting. So I could imagine that perhaps your family's response might have been similar to what mine was as well too. I was scared for sure to be able to share that. And so I wanna go onto your, into your book because I think it's so awesome. You're talking about Oprah. And so I'm gonna be Oprah right now because I, I of course want to be Oprah. You talked about Tina Turner, Tina Turner too. By the way, when I was a young girl, I was in love with Tina Turner so much. And I had this boyfriend, his name was Mike Turner as in like third grade, and I was going to marry him just so I could be Tina Turner. <laughs> That's so funny. That's hilarious. And you would have literally been Tina Turner. Yes. And my <laughs> husband thinks I'm Oprah with my questions and how deep I go. So I'm like, I'm running with it. But so I'm going to pretend because. But you do know that Oprah loves Tina and vice versa. You know, it's like, like, yes, that's yeah. true. <laughs> and this Tina, she better be liking this Tina as well, too. So, so she said, I'm going to ask you the question that Oprah would ask you, Melissa, mm -hmm. why now? Why face your beauty? And what message do you hope readers will take away? Wow. That is certainly an Oprah question. <laughs> and it's interesting because it's the, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big, everyone who knows me knows that I'm a big Oprah fan. So um, this question is one that I always anticipate answering. You know, just like you, I have dreams of, you know, sitting down with her, meeting her and, and, and you know, and, and taking in all that she represents. But this particular question, you know, in terms of why now, it was important for me at this particular point in my life uh, to, to wear, to, to be able to embrace the beauty of transparency, to embrace um, the fact that uh, in my imperfections, of my experiences lies, you know, uh, you know, perfect healing, perfect wholeness, and a perfect life that is defined by, by, by where I am today, not where I've come from, and what I've been through. And uh, I wrote this book post two years post my divorce, which was a very very short marriage, and which was incredibly incredibly toxic. And so on top of 
of, 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 and then also as a new mom, you know, and on top of my experience lies this amazing career in beauty that, uh, that I love, that I have really worked really hard to, to become the best at what I do and to be known for one of the best at what I do and to continue to, to, to thrive and strive, you know, in this industry, really finding my footing and standing out uniquely in my own space. You know, I'm not competing against anyone else. And so I'm always constantly trying to find a way to add value to the beauty industry. This has been, this is my passion and my calling, but juxtaposed to that is a personal life that was literally falling apart. And certainly uh, while trying to hold up and maintain my professional stature, my, my personal life was, was really, you know, it was shattering and it was crumbling. And what I realized is that it was an opportunity for me to, to represent, um, you know, being resilient, you know, in spite of all of those things. And I, and I felt like that was important because I had conversations with so many women in my chair about their very similar experiences. You know, one in six women have been abused on some level, you know, and when you think about that, that's a lot. You know, I'm, you're, in, you're in a room with one in six women almost every day, just with, you know, with the industry that we work in. So imagine, there's one person out of those six people um, who have gone through some kind of abuse or some kind of trauma. And so you're literally encountering people every day. They're just not telling their story because of shame, because they're just not ready to face it, because they're not ready to deal with it, because they have not been able to deal with it. And so in my chair, as I'm going through these makeovers, and as beautiful as the outcome is, the stories that come with talking to my clients, to, you know, as they're in my chair, uh, have are much more revealing, and I felt like this was an opportunity to really talk about not just the fact that I'm great at transforming the outside, but how can I help you transform from the inside out? You know, and 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 so I really wanted to flip that narrative about you know what I know to be a gift that I have, and then also the gift of being able to do this to do this work in beauty, and and for it to have significance and for it to mean something. So why now is because it's so necessary that we use our gifts for significance. It's for you, for us to, to really re understand we're not just there to do makeup in here. We're not there to wield a brush and a, and a blow dryer. You know, there's a deeper meaning when you connect and you're in a, when you're connecting with someone, there's something, there's an opportunity there for, you know, for something bigger. If you're in this industry, there's something, it's, it's bigger than beauty and you have to, and I, and I just believe that they would think we all have the opportunity to find out what that means for them. And for me to be bigger than beauty was to write this book and really talk about, you know, beauty on the inside, because I spent a lot of time, you know, doing great work on the beauty on the outside, but truly, you know, it's my, my duty to really inspire the work that we can do on the inside so that we can, it can match up to how we feel on the outside. Mm, wow. It's so huge because that's exactly, exactly my mission from day one is I'm in the business of changing lives and just trying to find different ways to be able to help people in their own transformation. And it was really a 2013 when I became a John Maxwell coach, I started to go through my own transformation, but it took a lot of years of mm -hmm. 
just doing, doing, doing until I realized that I'm a human being. And in order to have, do, or be more, I have to become more. And so just working through that process. So as we work through the steps of being an overcomer, I want to really drill down a little deeper with you here because this is huge because I'm, I'm coaching quite a few people right now that work with me or future professionals, we call them, that have gone through adversity just like you have through abuse and choosing uh, it not in alignment with the right mates and then the sexual abuse and they've been through this and I'm trying to help them with their own transformation. So walk me through how you were able to get, because I believe transformation, in order to transform other people, you've got to be transformed first, because that's the definition of leadership to me, is transformed people, transform people. So talk through that process, because so many times when I'm trying to coach Melissa, what happens is I get this wall up, right? I get this wall up, and you said, so number one, I think, embrace the beauty of transparency. How were you able to have the bravery to be transparent? What did you do that, that no one knows? What's that untold story of transformation for you, Melissa, that helped you to embrace being transparent? Right. So this is a great question. So at the end of the day, for me, what happened was I was actually having a conversation with a client of mine, and I was, she was one of the first people that I told about that I would be filing for divorce when my daughter was only three months old and how scared and terrified and certainly um, how heartbreaking that decision was going to be. And I said, you know, this is going to take a whole lot of courage. Um, And it's, but it's something, it's something that I know that I have to do. And she said, yeah, you know what? It is going to take courage. But at the end of the day, it's not even about courage. You are smart for making that decision. And I said, wow, when she said that to me, that lit a light bulb moment off for me because I said, you know, she said, you are a woman who recognizes that she's not being loved the right way, that she does not feel safe, that says she feels um, hidden from her own life because of what the, the, the psychological and emotional abuse is doing. Um, and she's also, you're also someone who knows that you have a, a child who is a female child, a daughter, who is looking at you. You are the mirror to her life. You are making, this isn't about courage. You're making a smart decision that's going to not only impact you, but your child. So, the, so to me, I think we need to, because when you tell someone to be courageous, you're actually, you're actually telling them to tap into something that they don't even know that they have, right? Mm-hmm. But if you say to someone, be smart, what is the right thing to do, right? The right thing to do is to take your life back because if you don't, someone may just take your life. Wow. And that is honestly as shocking and as, and as, and as, you know, as it may be, that is a reality. One in three women are dying every single day at the hands of their significant other, whether they be boyfriend, fiance, or husband. The statistics are so staggering. The situation is so alarming. And even if you're not dying physically, you're dying emotionally and psychologically, right? Once the brain gets taken over by trauma and pain and stress, you're not even living. You're, you're surviving. You're not even living. And you want to live. So in the spirit of living, what is that going to take? It's going to take you to make the right decisions for you. 
Mm -hmm. ability to compartmentalize your life. It is no longer about the other person because the other person has caused you to really be outside of yourself. So let's come back in into this space where it's you. What do you do with that? And so for me, that's really what it was about. Like I, you know, I, I am going to compartmentalize this and say the right and smart decision for me is to get out of this and rebuild my life so that I can have the life that I deserve and that I, and, and not just for me, but for my, for my child. Yeah. What was the first step for you? Did you go through, did you start to go through counseling? Um, I think one of the biggest things that I hear often is people choosing the wrong counselors too. And I was mm -hmm. actually coaching uh, one of my team members and just saying, Hey, you know, I really, really feel this is a spiritual issue for you. And that I would, you know, get with a Christian counselor to me, it was like, uh, hiring a medical doctor that just gives you medicine versus a holistic doctor that actually goes down and drills deep to figure out what's the cause of this, right? So, mm -hmm. versus, you know, a counselor versus a Christian counselor that really gets to the spiritual, the root of the issue. What's your thoughts on that, Melissa? And how were you able to drill down through some of these processes? Well, my thought on that is, and, and this is what I've learned now, right? Before you go meet someone, you need to meet yourself. Mm. And that is simply saying that while therapist or, or, or a professional or even your, your pastor is a great next step, the first next, next, the first step is you. And so what I started to do was really figure out what are the things that are going to make me happy first? Like I needed to, I needed to understand my life first so that I can recalibrate back to me. And so that became the doing, going back and doing the things that I love. We all had things that we've loved before we got into the rabbit hole of, of, of whatever our situation is. So I started to really I go back and really identify. I love nature. I love going for, I love being at the beach. I love going on hikes. I even love getting massages and, you know, the whole idea of self-care. And so I started to do the things that mattered to me. And then by doing so, it allowed me to remind myself of myself and I got to reintroduce Melissa to Melissa. So once that introduction was made, then I was able to allow someone else in. So I did go see, you know, met with a couple of therapists. I found the right ones that I felt was a really, your first therapist may not be the one for you. So be open to trying, you know, different people. And it may be exhausting. Like you're like, oh man, I just spent an hour telling this person my whole life story. They weren't a good fit. Now I have to go do it again. You do because it matters. Yeah. You know, it's that serious. You have to be radical about your, your transformation. And it's mm -hmm. not just about like going through the motions. When I say radical, meaning the life that you want has to be incredibly, um, you have to go after it with incredible intensity. Just like the intensity of this, the pain and stuff that was coming to you, you have to now turn it into your own radical, you know, like defense against it by, every, by any means necessary. Meaning everything that you do today is for your transformation. Every choice that you make is for that. And that's what being radical is. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Be radical about your transformation. That's, that's the quote of the day right there, because that's an ongoing thing I think we all need to embrace because as we move forward in life, we're going to leave that legacy. And I love what you said in the beginning. So step one, 
is embrace the beauty of transparency because your decisions impact everyone around you. It's really your legacy, right? The yeah. being transparent and being courageous. And then number two, um, before you meet with someone, meet with yourself. What will yeah. make you happy? And I love that. I didn't even think about that because I believe that that's what I've been doing my whole life without even really realizing it. And something that I'm noticing, Melissa, is that people really don't know who they are. They don't know whose they are. And they really have like no identity. In fact, they just go through life just doing, 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 and just numbing themselves and getting through the day, getting up in the morning, going to work, go home, go to bed, do, re, let's repeat. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How do you stop that madness? How, how do you stop that? How'd you stop it? You know, I mean, you know we, we are, you know, our habits really form, you know, who we, who we are, right? And the, you know, the choices that we make. And so, and also the stories that we really tell ourselves. So, mm -hmm. you know, you do have to slow down and like, and, and, and recognize that you have some compassion for yourself, for one. At the end of the day, the person that you meet with, whether they be the, the professional or whomever, can't ever give you what you can give to yourself because after them you still have to have sustain so you got to really build do those building blocks in yourself we have the power to heal ourselves i'm not saying that someone is that that a therapy is not helpful because it is i'm not saying having a physical uh, a personal trainer to help you you know if you're not if you don't if you don't have the the, the, the will to, to wake up and go to the gym every day and you have a personal trainer to come in, knock on your door, tell you to get up, that's a great thing by any means necessary because it is that you have to be radical, right? But, at this, but, but, but also what's more important is how do you become uh, self-motivated to, to own your life and your own healing, your own transformation? Mm -hmm. And that really comes with recognizing what habits am I doing that are beneficial to where I'm trying to go, the new life that I want for myself? Because at the end of the day, you have to look almost unrecognizable to where you were. Because obviously, who you were before this was what contributed to where you are. So to be the person that you want to become, it's almost like a clean slate. And, 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 and going back and peeling back the layers and really focusing on the things that are really, um, really powerful about you, the things that are really amazing about you, and, and just focusing on that. Because those are the things that are going to get you to where you need to be. If you keep thinking about, I'm not good enough, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not attractive, I'm too overweight, I'm too skinny, I'm too dark, my hair is too kinky, you know my you know i'm i'm too old whatever your excuses are whatever stories that you're you're telling yourself are going to impact the transformation that can actually happen for you so that you so you not only do you meet yourself but you also meet that next person who will completely validate you know who you who you truly are which is an amazing person with an incredible gift who is worthy and and, and just by being you're just worthy by being. So if you can get to that point, everything else, everything else is just going to be sort of gravy because you are now, you are now, no, you're not necessarily relying on something on the outside of you 
to tell you who you are. You've, you've kind of got that, um, you, you kind of understand that and everything else is just adding more value. Wow, this is incredible. Okay, so I put down for uh, number four, uh, be open to therapists, but be radical about your transformation. Then number five, uh, we have the power to heal ourselves, the answers mm -hmm. within within mm -hmm. and we have to be able to ask ourselves those great questions yeah. questions to be able to figure those things out right and then i put number six recognize your bad habits yeah. that are keeping you from being who you truly are and i yeah. believe and i just said this today what you speak about you'll bring about so be careful yeah. of the words that you say that aren't in alignment with your true self right yes. Yes. Talk about, talk about the power of forgiveness and, and talk about it in your own life, because I know this has played a huge role for you as well in being an overcomer. Yes. Forgiveness is, 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 is huge. And we know that we've heard that forgiveness isn't, isn't for that other person. It's really for you. One of the things that I, I recognize is that, you know, we, we arrive where we are in our lives, you know, because of our own set of circumstances. And a couple of the areas that I had to begin with the forgiveness was even with my own parents, because, you know, growing up in a home where I felt could have been more loving, could have been more nurturing, could have had given me a much more information and preparation for the real world, it probably could have saved me from the pitfalls of some of the experiences that I had, um, the sexual abuse by someone in our home that they invited in our home. Now, it wasn't their fault, but you know, at the end of the day, to not recognize when I was a happy little girl on Thursday, but on Sunday, I'm completely silent. Not only Thursday, but for the next three months, like I barely say anything, but I was a very vibrant little girl on Thursday. To not even have the, uh, the wherewithal to think, what happened? Did something happen? To tap into me, um, you know, as, as, as a little girl, realizing my personality had shifted, those kinds of things. And so for a long time, I, you know, I really, I was upset at them for that because, I, you know, I'm saying, no, I may not have told you, but how did I go from vibrancy to mute, to basically being mute <laughs> and you, and, and, and that was okay with you, right? So I carried a little bit of that with me for a long time. So I had to forgive them, you know, for, you know, in my zone life I had to forgive them for you know not showing up for me and not recognizing that I needed that there was something going on so that I didn't have to come out and just tell you I felt like if you're paying attention to me then you should know right so then that played a role in sort of my whole thinking about how you know people uh are just the story I'm telling myself right you know people mm -hmm. just aren't there for me you know anything that happens to me no one cares about those kinds of things and so the, the, the forgiving them was a, was a huge step because it allowed me to have some compassion. Once I understood their story, where they came from, how they were raised, how they also were ignored, how they weren't called to tap into, you know, uh, the whole emotional aspect. They were just work, 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 work. And as long as I provided for you, roof over your head, lights are on, you should be okay, right? And there were seven of us. So there was a lot of people they had to take care of uh, in our household. So there's that. And then there's just the people and the circumstances, you know, throughout life. I, last year alone, 
I had over the years I had um, when you're in a when you're in a psychologically emotionally abusive relationship, um, a lot of things that they do is they they sort of alienate you from your some some of the people around you, people that are close to you. And so over the years, I started to realize that I wasn't as close to certain friends. In fact, to the point where we weren't even communicating much. And these are people that were like my sisters, people that were really, really um, meaningful to me in my life. And I had just kind of, you know, that relationship just went away. So then what I decided to do was to mend those relationships and to bridge that gap and to, you know, have that hard, those hard conversations and then let it go. Mm-hmm. And, and really what that did was that really transformed how I even saw myself even a little bit more because I'm saying, wow, you know, the love is abundant because all, all that, the, the, the only thing that changed between who they are and, 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 and what they mean to me is that moment of, I'm sorry and I forgive you, now let's move on. And that changed everything, right? So my relationships with, not just with them, but with myself also transformed because I'm saying, you know, uh, to be able to, to be able to mend, you know, broken things, you know, with your girlfriends or, your, you know, just people that are just friends with you also plays a role in how you're able to mend a relationship with yourself and also who you end up choosing too, because you're not going with any broken pieces anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really huge. So talk to that person right now that just says, I, you know what, I cannot forgive my abuser. And how do you forgive the unforgivable? Like how, like they say to me, I just can't forgive. Talk to that person right now. So here's the thing, Uh, you know, my uh, emotional psychological abuser, the, the narcissistic human that I married and that I divorced, um, the forgiveness was a process because if you've ever been with a narcissist, you understand that it does not end, right? The onslaught does not end. The, the day may change, but it does not end because they never believe that they've done anything to you. So you are constantly the one still um, being believed to be making up these stories that in their mind never existed. So, but also when you're trying to co-parent with one, they find other ways to try to control or manipulate or really cause you more havoc because they never want to see you happy. They never want to see you to have a good life. And and also, you know, there have been many times where he told me that I'm not who I think that I am. You, you know, you're, you're, you're fake and you're not, you know, you know, no one really likes you. You know, so, so he tried to diminish my value that the public may see about me because he's, he's like, you know, they don't know you like I know you. So, when you're with someone who, who, who who's tries to tear you down and tear you apart, um, that's a tremendous battle, you know, that, and, and, and so the forgiveness is a significant one, <laughs> let's be clear, because, uh, because it doesn't stop. So what I told myself was, even prior to the forgiveness, I had to say, I am no, I'm going to forgive myself for how I react to it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not, it, it, the, the, the forgiveness is in the reaction. Because if I fuel him with like going after the response that he, he wants, because that fuels them when you respond to them in a way that, um, you know, that, that takes you off, you know, uh, off balance. But if you respond to them in a way, it's called the gray rock method. You guys should look it up. Um, 
if you respond to them in a way that does not move you, it is very direct to the point and you're in and you're out and there's no emotion there, then you're in more control. So I forgave myself for all the times that I allowed him to let me react in a way that completely disoriented me, right? And so there is the forgiveness there. The forgiveness of, of, the, of, the, of the, the pain and, and the trauma that was really unnecessary is an ongoing thing because it, it, you know, a lot of the remnants of it still exist. So the person you know, who's listening to this, maybe who either are currently experiencing it or, uh, or have experienced it, the forgiveness, that forgiving yourself is the greatest part of it because mm -hmm. I understand that you're also, you're, you're, you're also the greatest blame in it. Mm. So you have to understand that, that it is not your fault. You have to understand that um, forgiving yourself, you know, when you're thinking about, wow, like, how did I not see this coming? How did I end up choosing this? I am the, I am, I am educated. Now I'm speaking of myself, right? I'm educated. I have a bachelor's. I have a master's. I have a great career. You know, I, I, I am, I'm a smart woman. I do great things in my business and in my community. How did this happen? And so to the outside side world, they're asking you the same thing. But the truth of the matter is when you're experiencing that, it's a gradual thing. It doesn't just happen overnight. It comes in and it builds and it builds and it builds until it disarms you, until the mask slips and things go awry. So to the person who's living this truth or has been through this, you have to get to the forgiveness of yourself. And you're not to blame for your choices. You're not to blame for your experiences. You're not even to blame for how you react. Own that and then set up the boundaries so that, they, that, so that a situation no longer controls you know, who you are and, and, and what you do and, and what you say. Wow. Okay, so, so, self, so yeah, so self-forgiveness is the biggest, is the biggest. Piece. What's that untold story for you, Melissa? How did you truly forgive yourself? Like what, walk me through that because I know people really struggle with that and just say, I can't, I can't get rid of the shame. I can't forgive myself. Walk me through that. Uh, if I did not forgive myself, I would not be able to show up as my whole self to my daughter. You know, we all have to find a reason, you know, we all have motivating factors in our life. My motivating factor happened to be my beautiful infant child. And that was my motivation. For some others, it could be a different motive. You have to find, even if, okay, maybe there's not a physical person or an animal or something that's a motivation for you, but even yourself is a great motivation. If you look at yourself in the mirror, you don't, and, and you know that you, you know that you are not, you're, what's reflecting back to you is not the, the, the best of you. If you can feel it in your heart and your spirit as you move about the day that you're only, you know, you're just making it, you know, you're like, you can't wait to get home and, you know, turn off the lights and go back into your shell. You're showing up in the world, but not as your whole self. You know, mm -hmm. just be real with yourself. You know, we all know. And so for me, my greatest motivation is saying, I can't, you know, I have to, to, to forgive myself because if I don't, I am not only going to make, I'm not, I'm not only going to uh, romanticize the red flags again. Because mm -hmm. I talk about that in my book is that I saw certain things, but I romanticize them because I, I, I'm, I'm one of those optimistic people that believe that people can 
love can change you, love can transform you, the, you know, and those kinds of things. I no longer necessarily believe that. What I do believe is that we, 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 we have the power to inspire someone to be their better self, but you can't necessarily do that for them. And there's nothing specifically that you can do. You can't love them through it. You can't buy them through it. You can't anything them through it unless they do it for themselves. So I can't ever change anyone. So I have to just really recognize that, you know, the biggest thing for me is to really understand how my own power that I have is, is really about, you know, starts with me. And then I can give every, then I can give it to the world. But first, before I give it to the world, I need to give it to my daughter because she's a, she, I am her mirror. Right. And so that was the biggest thing for me is like, get it together, figure it out, forgive yourself, your choices, forgive yourself even for the things that you knew, um, like being 11 years old and being sexually assaulted, forgiving, even forgive yourself for that. Because a lot of women don't. This whole Me Too movement is because finally women said, you know what? I'm going to stand up for myself, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell my story and tell my truth. There's a lot of shame in it. And people are going to say to me, well, why didn't you say something a long time ago? Well, you don't even get it. You don't even understand what it takes to unearth the pain. Mm -hmm. I'm still showing up. All these women are going to work. They're going to school. They're doing everything. Yes. They've succeeded mm -hmm. in life, yep. but, in, but there is this story inside of them that is, it's going to take their time to come out, you know, and when they do get ready because your truth transforms you and it's going to transform the world. That's exactly what's happening right now. Wow. Your truth transforms you. There we go. We need to add that on the list. It's all about <laughs> Ruth. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's the truth. I mean, you, you know, you, you, that is, that is what you own. That's, that's, that's what, that's all you have. Yeah. That's all you have, you know, and I, and, and it's been one of the greatest revelations for me. Okay. This is good stuff. All right. So let's walk through this, uh, be an overcomer because you've got to do the work and every single one of us are, can be an overcomer because we've all gone through adversity in our lives, right? Because here we're, we're raised by human beings, not human doings, right? Yep. <laughs> and yep. we have to remember that our parents aren't God, so they're not going to be perfect. I think we put our parents on this pedestal of thinking that they're God and, and we have to grow up and mature in that, right? And so I love what you said about all of this. It's so beautiful. So number one, embrace the beauty of transparency. Your, your decisions impact everyone around you. Number two, before you meet someone, a therapist, meet with yourself. What will make you happy? And start doing those things. Slow down. Number three, be open to therapists, but be radical about your own transformation. Number four, we have the power to heal ourselves. The answer is within. Number five, recognize those bad habits that are keeping you from your true selves. What you speak about, you're going to bring about. And then I have number six, forgiveness is the key. But first and foremost, you have to, you must forgive yourself first. And forgiveness is a process. I love that. And then number seven, I put down to eliminate the narcissists in your life. <laughs> because I love that you said 
that you've got to be around those people and you got to set up those boundaries. But you also said your wounds are invisible. So you've got to deal with those wounds first because otherwise if you don't, the narcissists are going to creep in. So you got to yeah. take care of yourself. And so I always think leadership starts at home. And so before you even start, have a relation, this is what I always try to tell my future professionals. I told my daughter this and thank God she found the most incredible husband that she got married to is the mere fact that you have to be in position to be marryable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it even more than just get rid of the narcissist, like, Get rid of the toxic people in yes, your life. Because anybody, you know, I mean, you know, there's 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 toxic people that hang around us who who completely bleed, you know, bleed bleed the life out of us, and they 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 mean us no good. And and so the dead weight, you can't carry that, you know, with you when you're on your way to the mountaintop, right? Uh, you got to kind of un, you got to unpack the I, I call it unpack the bags. Yes, you know, let's let's. let's you know, let's unpack our bags so that yes. we can we can carry a lighter load to the mountain. Like we want to hit mm -hmm. the mountaintop because up there is where glory is, right? Glory yeah. is living your your fullest and highest. You know, you know, living out your fullest and highest potential of yourself. And but you can't do that by carrying you know toxic things and toxic people. You have to constantly evaluate what's going on around you. The you know it does not stop. You cannot. You, you, you cannot afford to let an individual and their behavior and circumstances uh, destroy your life. Mm. You, just, you just can't afford to do it. And, and even, even if you may be in it, there's a way out of it. You are not stuck. Even though they may make you believe that you're stuck, you're not. Yeah. The way out is by a choice. The choice is the one that you make. That's the way wow. out. No one's going to yeah. for you. I love that, that you said that to constantly, I, I changed it to constantly evaluate your inner circle. Like yes. always, is, is there any toxicity in there? Is there anything I need to address? And one of the things I do with my team leaders every single week, we ask the question, what small problems am I neglecting to address? So mm -hmm. same thing in your life. What small problems am I neglecting to address? And so that communication pattern, my husband and I have been married uh, 33 plus years now. Congratulations. It's so cool. Yeah. And you know what? I just talked him into hiring a marriage coach. And the reason why I did that is because we're going into this next season in our life. We're grandparents now. And it has been incredible. It's been the best money we ever spent having this coach because he's asking us questions that we were failing to address with each other as we move into this next phase in our life. Cause I want to make this last, you know, season of our life, the very best part of our life. And it's mm -hmm. been huge. And, and so I, I really, really honestly think that that's going to really help us to even be stronger in our marriage, which I'm really, really excited about. So, and I put number eight right. is use your adversity to be an advocate. And that's you, Melissa, and you are an advocate. And I love your book so much because you're giving so many resources to people. And, and by the way, I love that you talked about in your book at the end of the resources, you said, my research and reflection has led me to many conclusions. One staggering revelation gleaned was that those of us who are considered to be empaths are often victims. 
Empaths are sensitive to other people's emotions and often take it on mentally and physically, often putting other feelings before their own. Being an empath is not a death sentence. It's truly a gift. And I can tell you right now, those people have done the work to work on their wounds have been the best leaders in my companies. Mm. Incredible. And that's why I love you so much being in this industry because you get around so many people. I mean, you're in people's face. <laughs> you're, Literally. You're, <laughs> us too, you know, with the hair. And it's just incredible because you have this opportunity to truly change people's lives. Like what a ministry that we have that I think is just so incredible because I just heard, I have a business uh, coach that she's a psychotherapist that we use for online masterminds, Amy Van Slambrook. And she said she's an empath, but she's also gone through some major adversity in her life as well too. But that's what's caused her to be an incredible psychotherapist. Mm. And that's what's causing you to have this next level of your business, not just doing makeup, but you're also a life coach, a business coach. I love what you're doing. Talk about being an empath and how important that is. And then talk about a little bit about what you're doing and how people can learn from you and get involved in some of your programs. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I didn't really necessarily understand the, 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 the term empath until I started to do the work. And part of the doing the work is, you know, researching and really understanding, you know, my, my where, where I am and what I was going through. And, and when I mentioned about the self-forgiveness and all those other things and, and, and saying, you know, I spent a lot of my life being, being the fixer. And, you know, that has not necessarily always gone well for me because that sort of has always been taken uh, for granted, and, you know, on some levels. And so, again, pulling back the layers of my own life and my own choices, really recognizing that I oftentimes did put a lot of people's feelings before mine. I oftentimes, you know, made decisions based on what was better, what was you know, more beneficial for someone else, even if that meant that I suffered a little bit. And so, you know, I had to really look at those moments and, and, and realize where did that start to, you know, and that started that all, a lot of those things are childhood stuff that was unworked, unhealed, or just unrecognized. And so that's a part of also forgiving yourself is that you're, you're sometimes walking this path and where, you know, there's no guide. They're not always, you know, oftentimes guides, you know, along this path and this journey that we're taking in our lives. So forgive yourself that you didn't learn some of the things that could have helped you, you know, make better decisions. You know, that, that, that those, those all things, the empathy that I gave to everyone else, I turned a hundred percent. I dumped that bucket on me because that bucket was so full. And I love that my empath bucket is full. But I was pouring, pouring, pouring all over everyone else. And I decided I'm going to dump that bucket over my head, right? So part of, you know, being, absorbing all of the empathy that I was giving to someone else was to, you know, the, all the healing and, self, and self-forgiveness and all of the, um, the self-love and the radical, you know, transformation was all in that bucket that was necessary for me to understand that being an empath and, and having empathic feelings is truly a gift because I would not be able to do the work that I do, you know, if I, if I'm not, and all of us, whatever it is that we're doing in our business, in our life, you know, the gift of that could not be given if we were not compassionate to other people. The fact that we're able to guide someone to look their best selves is by nature, 
an empathic gift because we're non-judgmental. If someone comes in with orange hair and they want more, you know what I mean? You're able to guide them to a better look, like, you know, without saying, you look like a clown, you know what I mean? Like judging them, you're helping, you're guiding them toward their best selves or someone's coming into me and they want to, you know, a, make a, a makeover and uh, how they currently look versus where I'm going to take them. I'm not judging them. I'm guiding them because I'm compassionate. I care, you know, um, I want what's best for them in this chair, in this moment. And I wouldn't be able to do this job and do it as great that I, as I do if I didn't have that. But how does that show up in my personal life? I had to set boundaries around that. And I had to say, you can't be the, you can't take, take, take all of what I have without bringing, giving something, bringing something to the table and being able to give me, reciprocating a lot of that, what, of what I'm giving out. You also, I also cannot allow someone to come in who, uh, who is completely self-absorbed and it's really all about what their desires and their needs and their stuff without recognizing that you know, that I need the same as well. And so the boundaries that I created were absolutely necessary. And that's the, that's the, that's, that's the kryptonite. That is the absolute greatest thing an empath can do is to set boundaries around yourself. But it's not just about the person that you're sharing your life with. It's about other things too. It's business. It's in your uh, personal uh, friendships and in your, and just in your social life. Boundaries are important. The, the protection that you can provide for yourself uh, or, or is, is necessary for your success. Absolutely. Yeah, it's everything. Mm -hmm. What I saw this picture actually that you've been basically, when you talked about the water, baptizing yourself in your own empathy. And so, you know, it's, it's like that bucket, that empty reservoir that you're giving people because if you're empty, you're going to give empty. And so you got to baptize yourself in your own empathy in, in order to. Yeah. So. Yes. Yes. Yes, that's Absolutely. beautiful. Absolutely. Well, how can people get a hold of you and get involved in some of your programs? What exactly are you doing? And is it one-on-one -on -one coaching, group coaching? Like, what exactly have you been? Uh, yeah. So I've been doing. I've been doing developing this uh, my my life coaching and lifestyle coaching business over the last few months, and it was really important for me as I talk about beauty from the inside out to really find a way that again, I can do work that's significant. Um, and I put down, you know, putting down the brush and really, you know, really picking up um, the, 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 the elements that are necessary to help someone to, um, to meet themselves, you know, where they are. Yeah. And, you know, and so part of that is, you know, I'm gonna be rolling out my own podcast, um, you know, in the next couple months. And that that's actually going to be um, a sort of rooted in, 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 in empowerment and, and, and helping people to coach through some of the inner workings of their own lives. And so right now I take, you know, I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one um, coaching and that really comes from some of the clients that I'm already currently working with. So when you have those hard conversations and then you get those stories back and they're like, they recognize that there's some healing that needs to take place. They recognize that, you know, that their life, their, their things about their life that they want to be better. We all want to be better. We just don't know how. We also don't know how to ask for help. So I tend to have a great position where you're already asking for help by just showing up in my chair. Now it's just my job to open up the door for you, mm. you know? And so it's very easy to transition some of the clients that I work with right now from working on the outside of them to working on and helping them to work on the oh, inside. Wow. 
That's huge. I love that. And then, of course, I would be remiss and not ask you about uh, the different classes that you do for makeup as well, too, because I have future professionals that, and graduates that have graduated in our schools that want to do what you do. So how can they learn from you so that they can be mentored by you or coached? Yeah, so one of the things that I do um, here in Los Angeles, and I've, I've, I've traveled other places as well. I coming, I have a corporate background, as you mentioned in my in reading my bio. I spent 14 years in corporate marketing, and I also have an MBA in in in, in um, uh, masters in business, and with a focus on media management. So what I tried to do was what I am doing, and I, what I've been doing since I came into the industry was to bridge the gap between the business and the beauty industry and really bring a lot of those same sensibilities to the industry to figure out, okay, how can I, you know, help to add a lot of the business capabilities to beauty? Because I think that, you know, unless you've gone to business school or you're hiring someone to handle some of those elements, as a creative, those just not, might not be your competency. And I get it, you know, and it's just a real thing. So I introduced a lot of that by doing my beauty in the business classes. I do beauty in the business um, conferences. I actually created a curriculum where I teach at um, beauty schools, my beauty in the business program. And then I do one-on-one uh, -on -one, uh, virtual coaching. So I take you through this whole immersion um, where we're talking to, you know, taking through a lot of the the branded elements of really creating yourself as a business because if you're if you're you're not just in this to do beauty this is the beauty business right so if you want to scale up and really do great things you have to now look at yourself as a bona fide boss and in the, in the industry and really figure out what is that what does it take for me to structure myself present myself and 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 then to also command you know the the, the rates and the resources that i need so that i can do uh do what I love and make a great living doing what I love. So I helped to really just shape that for them because I've been through that. And I, you know, three months once I left corporate America in 2012, I started working in television. Part of that is because I did some great things, some foundational elements that I think a lot of people miss out because you're just, again, you're going zero to 60 into you thinking like, wow, I can just, all I have to do is get a kit and get a brush and go out there. And, you know, there's a lot of things that you have to do because people really see value in you. People really see that you're actually taking your, your, your brand, your business, you're taking yourself seriously and you have a lot to offer. There are a tremendous amount of makeup artists and hairstylists, but what sets you apart? What makes you unique? What makes you different? And that's what, that's what they want to buy. And those, when the big uh, opportunities come those are the things that matter anyone can get a regular client but can you get you know what I mean but can you get a major corporation can you get a big deal can you go on television talking doing what you love to do can you write books doing what you love to do can you you know expand beyond your territory and in order to do that you really have to get to uh, a level where you have uh, a certain business structure around your brand uh, that matters yeah. And you have so to be an overcomer too. <laughs> you have to be an overcomer. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> everything, everything that we are, yes. uh, everything that we've been through is beautiful. It's, it's, it, it makes us who we are. It's up to you to define that. No one's going to be able to define that for you. And to be, over, to be an overcomer, to, to thrive, to survive, and to really, really live um, you know, your best life it's, it's, it's really all in your hands. If you can see, if you can see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand, you know, and that's ultimately, you know, what, what matters, um, in your own journey. Yeah. You know, how do you, what's the biggest vision? Oprah says, you know, what's the biggest, you know, vision, you know, that you have for yourself. 
if you don't have those, if you, if you have to really figure it out, the other, the, the one thing though, I can say that was incredibly, has been incredibly transform, transformative and that this could be number 10. I don't know where you are on your list. <laughs> yes, number 10, here we go. Is, is, is to live in gratitude every day. Yeah. Living gratitude every day. And I, so I've been writing a gratitude journal, writing every single day, even, and it's not just about like being grateful for what you have right now, be grateful for where you want to go. So I, I manifest things that, you know, that, that like I'm gratitude. I'm, I'm, I'm being grateful for things five, 10 years down the road that I may not currently have in my life right now, but I'm grateful for them right now because I'm grateful for even thinking that thinking that big, right? Yes. In spite of my circumstances, I'm still able to think that big. And so be, you know, be grateful for the small stuff, be grateful for the big stuff. And because and when you are grateful for where you are, more is going to show up for you. More people, more resources, more things. It may sound cliche, but it really is true because you get into the habit of just being present and letting out all that noise and all the things that really tells you you're not good enough, you're not worthy enough, you're not this, you're not that. Even the stories that you tell yourself and just being present and being grateful, you know, for, for where you are. It's really been a big, huge, um, made a huge difference in my life. I love that. And I love it. Saying, saying those wrong stories about ourselves. Like that's just everything right there. Just stop it. <laughs> stop stop it. saying those things about yourself. Yeah, it's interesting because it. I was uh, studying the Bible this morning and that's exactly what God told me. He said, praise unlocks blessings. Mm. And I wrote that down today. And so even praising him through the adversity that you're going through right now, exactly what you said for future of what he's going to give you. And it may be tomorrow. It may be 10 years down the road. It may be 20. I don't know, but keep on praising him. And keep so on. gratitude is yeah. everything. How do people get a hold of you? What's, what's the best resource? Um, yeah, so I'm on social media everywhere at Melissa Hibbert. So um, at Melissa Hibbert on Instagram, Twitter, uh, even my Facebook is, uh, is beauty at Melissa Hibbert. So, you know, you can definitely reach me there. Even on my Instagram, there's a link to on my, it's, it's called Linktree. So it has really everywhere that you can reach me directly oh. through one push of a button. Yes. And your Instagram is absolutely beautiful. Yes. At Melissa Hibbert, which is H-I-B-B-E-R-T. Yes. So, two bees. Yes. Uh -huh. two bees. So. <laughs> okay. Any last piece of advice as we close out this podcast interview? And I just want to thank you so much, Melissa, for doing this. I just want to hug you virtually right uh -huh. now. Thank it was you. Amazing. Thank you so much. No, I'm grateful to be here. You know, I think that being is the greatest thing, you know, that we that that like we can do for ourselves. If you, if you live, um, if, you know, many of us have lived a, a, a story and a life that uh, is oftentimes untold and only we know, you know, what they are. In the process of being, it's not ever, you're not ever defined by your circumstances and the things that you've gone through. Mm. What you people say about you is none of your business what you say about you is everything uh and that's the business that you should be in the business of being you the business of being your best self the business of living your truth the business of of of, of loving yourself enough through the pain through the trauma through all of that 
to getting back to to getting back on track getting you back to your best self the work is on us and while that may be a very burdensome and very challenging aspect because you're like oh my god i've been through so much and i gotta get myself out of it you do because when you do that you have the blueprint for you you have the blueprint for how you can hear and then not only that you can then share it with someone else you know that's the glory of it all is that you came through it and so if it worked for you and if you're now on the side of it living and breathing and living your truth you can absolutely help someone else do the same that's so beautiful melissa because that's truly what our purpose is that's our legacy right there and that's that's our reason for living so thank mm -hmm. you so much melissa for being thank, on. thank you so much take care Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.